And we really do mean it when we say friends. We are so excited to be launching a brand new podcast series today, Friendship for Real Women. We know that we're created for community, but so many of us are struggling to experience abundance in our relationships. And we want to talk about why. We're praying these episodes leave you encouraged and feeling equipped to actually enjoy your relationships a little bit more. Listen in, maybe even tell a friend about this series, and let's see what God might do in our relationship as we dig in. All right, friends, we are continuing on our Friendship for Real Women series. We're actually finishing it today, and I'm thrilled because I've got some of the actual <laughs> Go and Tell Gals team with me. Hey, Anna and Caroline, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you if the girls at the podcast listener doesn't know you. Hello, friends. Anna here. I am the director of Go and Tell Gals. I have been here since the beginning with Jess. Yep. I am 29 years old. I am married. I live in Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah. That's what I've got. That's great. What else? Anything you else have you a really up? cute dog name. Oh, I love my dog so much. <laughs> I don't have any physical, biological children, but I consider my dog my child. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Caroline. Tell the girls about you. Hi, gals. I'm Caroline. I do all the marketing at Go and Tell Gals. I am 22. I just graduated from college and moved to Charleston, South Carolina. So if any of you are out there listening in the phase of life of college or leaving college and moving to a new city, I totally understand that, especially when it comes to friendship. Yeah, I'm 22. Just moved here. Do the marketing. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Killing the game. So one thing we just identified that's cool about this podcast episode, we're kind of heading through just like a mass round of Ask Us Anything. You guys sent in the best questions and some heartbreaking questions, honestly, about friendships that we just feel. But we were just talking about this and we said it's really interesting. It's helpful for the three of us. This is not our whole team. Unfortunately, we couldn't get everybody in the room. But it's interesting to have the three of us because we're in really different life yeah. stages. I would say we probably represent a lot of you guys, like the span of you guys, in that Caroline's newly graduated from college, newly moved to a new city, like fully in, immersed in, in her professional life. Anna's married, but no kids, but like thriving, living, loving. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. But in a, like a whole new season of friendship yeah. too, in a lot of ways, like post COVID, et cetera, all the things. And I'm an almost 40 year old mom of four and multiple teenagers. And so that comes with a really interesting set of challenges. Mm -hmm. So you guys sent in the best questions and I'm going to specifically hit some of the specific questions, but I want to tell you that we noticed the theme, all of them kind of fall under one of these six struggles. So there's the issue of finding friends. Like, how do I actually make friends? There's the issue of balancing input and energy. Like, what do I do if I'm always giving more, if I'm always showing up more? They don't seem to respond the way I do. What do I do about boundaries? Boundaries seem to be a big category that you guys asked about. Have boundaries and friendships. How do I not be codependent in my friendships, etc.? Moving on from that, there was this whole category of like a lack of depth or even life-giving friendships, which I think we hear a lot around going to tell gals. And we're reminded of a lot that what we have even in our online community is not normal for most people. Mm -hmm. Moving on from that, there's the issue of hurt, pain, and betrayal. And then how to actually let friendships go and say goodbye when it's time. 
So maybe let's start obviously with how do you make new friends? Caroline, I want to ask you because you are actually like brand new to Charleston. How have you made new friends? What does it look like here for you? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think over the past few months, I'm just like so grateful to find community in Charleston, but it's definitely like still growing. And how how did I find friends? Really, it like came down to like sending Instagram DMs, like asking to be in group me's. Say that again. Come on. Like, set, like <laughs> yeah. literally, like my friendships have come down to like, hi, I see you're in Charleston. My name is Caroline. Can we hang out? Yeah. Or, okay, I'm going to show up to this Bible study and I'm going to feel really weird about it. And I'm going to like have to ask the Holy Spirit in the car to give me the bravery to walk in by myself, but we just have to do it yeah. and showing up in that way. And also remembering that friendship is not my identity. My friendships are not my identity. My community isn't my identity, but it is a space that can be like a fruit of my identity and trying to show up and love people there. But really like sending the Instagram DMs, reaching out, feeling awkward really is yeah. how it was what led to friendships. And piggybacking on that, Caroline, I, something that like I have seen like you do so well in friendships is saying yes. Mm. So, I mean, I feel like a lot of us are, we have busy lives. We have a lot going on. It's so easy to say no to things. Mm -hmm. And I feel like your first like three months here, every single night in the office, you like had plans that night. You were going to a different dinner or a different Bible study or like meeting a new group of people. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's exhausting. How are you doing that? But it's because you were so intentional to want to build community that you just said yes to the opportunities in front of you. And yeah. I think so often we can get caught up in like the practicality or the convenience of it. And like, it's never going to feel uh -huh. super convenient yeah. if you want to build like an intentional community, but it just comes down to like making the time for it and saying yes and prioritizing it. And you've yeah. done that so well. And I think it seems to have paid off. Yeah. yeah. I'd also like to say that in those times that I did say yes to something and I went to that dinner, it wasn't always like the best dinner. It wasn't always the best Bible study, That's good. but mm -hmm. it's still worth it to put yourself out there. Yeah, that's really good. Here's one thing I want to say to that, because we always try to normalize this as church planters, as people who started a church. We call them MBN, must be nice. Like one of the must be nice comments I get a lot on social media is like, must be nice. You have so many awesome people in your life. Must be nice. You have all these really life-giving women. And I, I don't mean this snarkily at all, because God is kind. And mm -hmm. I do. I'm so thankful for the women we have around us. But I try to normalize and say like, hey, just as an FYI, church planting means that you spend many years of your life being the one to initiate everything. Yeah. Like, do you want to come to my thing? Do you want to mm -hmm. come to my thing? On top of that, I'm a small business owner. So I'm like, do you want to be on my team? Do you want to do this thing for me? Do you want to go towards this dream in my life? Do you want to <laughs> like, it's a lot, a lot of invitation, which is really, really, really vulnerable, honestly. Yeah. And there were years where we would, we were consistently inviting people, even to the degree where it feels like you're inviting people to church on Sunday. Like, you know, that invitation is standing. It, there would be years where I wouldn't be invited to parties. I would still be like, do you want to come to my Bible study? Do you want to lead in this women's mm -hmm. ministry with me? Do you want to do this thing with me? And I say that, I say, just to normalize, like invitation and saying yes really is so much of it. And there's no getting around it. Like yeah. there's just no getting around it. You yeah. have to be, you have to put yourself out there yeah. and it is vulnerable mm -hmm. and it is terrifying. But on the back end of that, the other piece that I really want to like just air out for everyone is 
you know, we could say this till we're blue in the face. And this actually, I want to hit this one is actually like a legit question that came in. It said, it feels like everybody already has their people. How do Mm -hmm. I find my people? And we've talked about this in the past episodes of this series where we've said, hey, this is a lie from the enemy. Every woman feels like she doesn't have good friends. It's not true. Every woman feels like they're the ones without the like squad. And that's not true. But I do want to say the piece that you can't see on social media is that for me, I don't even slightly feel like I'm settling, but I will say that I have had to crush the idea of a friend that is like perfectly and uniquely created for me in every Mm. way. Like there is not a friend who like loves to read the Bible the exact way I love to read the Bible. It has the exact same age kids that I do. And we like to go on the exact same kind of vacations and we communicate in the exact same way. And we like shop at the exact, that's not it. Mm -hmm. So instead there's little pieces of different friends that light me up but I'm not expecting one of them Mm -hmm. to like be my end all be all. It would be gross to communicate that on social media. (laughs) If I take like a picture of a coffee date and say like, you don't know that this friend is also sometimes really discouraging. Like (laughs) we don't do that, but like that's real. People are real. People need God and we do too. Yeah. So you want to crash that expectation of like looking for the perfect set of friend group because you're not perfect either. Yeah. Yeah. You don't like pick and choose like anyone or anything in your life. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on. Okay. Let's move on to kind of this idea of like balancing energy. Now I have a 13 year old daughter who's about to turn 14. And I noticed that her and I talk about this a lot and I like encourage her. And I also like, sorry, you're never, this never ends. (laughs) But there's kind of this like seesaw power dynamic in friends where it sometimes feels like one friend has holds more power because she doesn't put in as much or she doesn't, she's Mm -hmm. not as affectionate Mm -hmm. or she doesn't have as much time. Can you guys speak to how that's felt in your friendships? Hmm. That's a that's a big question. <laughs> I would like to conjecture. I think Anna holds a lot of the power in her friendships. <laughs> that is, that's she funny. holds a lot of the power in me and Caroline's relationship. Why? Because we're obsessed with you. And we're I'm obsessed like- with you guys. Why does that mean I hold the power? <laughs> Spoiler alert. Anna just came back from a, a vacation day. And Caroline and I were like, thank God. We we miss you. They, they, they kiss the ground and it walks on. <laughs> they compared it to like your that like your mom was on vacation for a week and yeah they you didn't know what to do it yeah, not in a it. good way not in a good way like our mom where are we more like, like in an orphan way than like a joyous <laughs> child way wrong. it was not like a, we're gonna do bad things now that she's gone it was like we need food. <laughs> we need help. Can you my friend back? Okay, but we have had a lot of conversations on our team, and this is a conversation for a whole nother day and a way different podcast. But we have had a lot of conversations about avoidant versus anxious attachment. Mm-hmm. If you have done no research here, you really should. I've noticed since we started to talk about it, I've heard a lot more friends talking about it, specifically in regards to friendship. Mm-hmm. So I would say you need to know a little bit about your attachment style yeah. and how mm-hmm. that plays into how you feel. Maybe about that's a power why dynamic. you feel like I have the power I think because yeah. you're I have an anxious attachment. You're anxious and I'm avoidant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So I'm a little bit more like I don't yeah. want to say hands off. Right. But I also don't have like a lot of insecurity around relationships. Yeah. Like I like I feel pretty secure in the in the relationships that I have, the friendships that I have. So I don't feel a need to like 
24 seven be texting like, Hey, are you good? Is everything yeah. good? What are you doing right now? Because I just, I feel really secure in the friendships that I have. And yeah. I know that that's not everyone and not everyone feels that way, but yeah. Caroline, what about you and like balance, power? What do you do when like you're putting in too much energy or you're just putting in a lot of energy or mm-hmm. it feels out of whack? Yeah, this is definitely, I think, a struggle for me personally because I am super introverted and I like just crave and love spending time by myself. Balancing how introverted I am can be difficult in friendships because sometimes it can be assumed that. I don't want to hang out with a person, even though I just need my energy back. So I think it comes down to communicating your needs and being honest about your needs and Mm -hmm. also like bringing it back to, okay, my identity is in the Lord. My identity is not in my squad. My identity is not in my, in these other people. My identity is not on the earth. I think, I think that's kind of like a helpful affirmation there in terms of increasing security in relationships. Yeah, that's good. So some specific questions that came in about this is like, what do you do when you're always reaching out first? Keep putting in the effort or take a hint and let it go. Or what do I do when they don't take texts back mm. or take days to reply? I'd like to speak to that in a second. I'm bad at that. I'm really bad at that. <laughs> I think like someone said, is it too much to want to hear from my friends on a regular on a regular basis, what do I do with my friends not telling me something important that happens in her life? How how do I mm. function if I'm the only one reaching out and planning things? So the first thing I want to say is women of God, go and tell gals. We have got to stop agreeing with this lie that we can't simply communicate yeah. some of these issues. Yeah. yeah, It is so loving and kind to go to your friend and say, listen, I could be a miss. Like I could have a wrong perspective here. But sometimes I feel like I'm the one who's reaching out all the time and it's hard for me. And maybe I'm wrong. You tell me what you think. Like, what do you see? Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's, that's, it's as simple as saying like, hey, I'm not trying to be needy, but like I've had a really hard few weeks and I've been trying to check in on you and I kind of need you to check in on me. Mm-hmm. Or even just saying like, hey, I know yes. you didn't ask, but I need to talk about something right now. Yeah. Can we talk? Yeah. So good. Um, so I will say like, I've lived both sides of this and I've lived the side of it where my actual, well, number one, like my actual sin nature is that I can just get selfish and wrapped up in myself. Like, you know, like where I've like stopped to ask and I've had a friend be like, pause, I need to talk. And I'll (laughs) say like, oh my gosh, totally. Thank you. I'm so sorry. Thank you for saying that. Or it's like the actual mechanics of my life that I I have just had like very full days with kids or work, et cetera. And so sometimes I have to communicate like, oh, I'm so sorry. There was an expectation here that I was going to text you back immediately. And that's actually not doable for me. Yeah. But I do love you and I'll try to do it better. But but this is probably more realistic for me, like communicating that boundary. But I've also been on the other end where I've seed, you know, quietly for weeks or months and thought like, they're not reaching out as much as I am. They're not doing as much as I am. And sometimes as soon as I would communicate that, they'd be like, I'm sorry. Yeah. My bad. Or like, oh, she told me. No big deal. So I want to just normalize talking about that. Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah, that's been something like that I have had to become more intentional about in my relationships because I can fall on the other end where I'm the one who forgets to text back. I'm an Enneagram three and I have certain friends who have like way different work schedules than I do. And so they might text me at 
one o'clock on a Wednesday and I'm in the middle of a work day. And like, when I am working, I'm working and I'm like in the middle of something, I can't think of a thoughtful response. And I will so, slap her phone out of her hand if she tries to text. <laughs> she's somebody. the meanest. <laughs> not really. Not really, not really at all. <laughs> Anyways, I, you know, I'll just like, I'll read the text and be like, Oh, I don't have time to think of a response right now. I'll respond later. Well, then I get home and I'm tired from my work day and yeah. I forget to respond. And then, you know, a week goes by and I'm like, Oh, so-and-so texted me and I never texted back. Yeah. And also being an Enneagram three, I'm not always the biggest feelings talker. So like feelings that I'm having situations that I'm having in my own life, I'm not always someone who will like immediately text a friend and be like, Hey, I need to talk through something. I need to process something mm -hmm. because I'll be the first to admit I'm not always like the most outwardly, like, I don't know, outwardly aware and like outwardly like voicing how I'm feeling. And so, but I also know that means that I need to be intentional about still asking other people that, but for myself, I'm not always going to be the one to do that. Well, it's really good. I like <laughs> yeah. that. So you have to just be more intentional a little bit sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I think, I think that iMessage needs to invent a Marcus unread text option because I keep not responding to text messages, even though I love people. Yeah. So, Anyone has any tips for like, that? Like, mark as... Like, you know how you can mark an email as yeah. on there? Yeah. And then you should mark as a text as on there. And I definitely don't have those read receipts on because that would just be a mess. Okay, I did turn out the red receipts, like, about a year ago, and it mm -hmm. changed. I feel like, for me, I hope it loves people well. So if they stay on unread for, like, four days, they know. I'm not being rude. I'm just, I'm just not there yet. Like I'm yeah. not, in a, I'm not in a great place. But I'm know? also like a read and then not responder. Yeah. And exactly. that's, yeah, that's why it's it would a get me. Okay. <laughs> so here's, I think I've said this probably on the podcast 10 times. I'll, I'll say it until you guys tell me to stop. No one's told me to stop. I have a blog post on my website about it. Texting. Here's my one minute yes. diatribe. It's, you do not have to consent to the cultural rule that says you text back within 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. You just don't have to. Yeah. Like it, just because our phones have the capability to do something does not mean that that is good, healthy, natural, or doable for our souls. Mm -hmm. I, I can't do it. I won't do it. I can't. And I, I really won't apologize anymore. Like recently, this was recently, I was in a group of women and one of them brought up like me not texting back. And a few of them kind of started to rip on me about it. And they were like, oh yeah. And I was like, I'm not, I actually like, they were, they were kidding and I made it way too serious, but I was like, I'm not sorry. And <laughs> you cannot make me feel bad. Yeah. It is not. Yeah. It is. Who decided that all of a sudden we have to be completely accessible 24 hours no, a day? That's not healthy for anybody. I'm no. not loving you well. I'm not loving the person I'm with well. I'm not loving my business well. I'm not loving my kids well. No, thank you. So I don't know if anybody needs to hear that. Now, that being said, it is loving to communicate that to people mm -hmm. sometimes. To say like, Absolutely. hey, just once you're in friendship with me, here's what you should know. I actually made a new friend recently who she not only asked me like what my boundaries were with texting. She said, I don't want to text you too much. Like what are your boundaries with texting? That's such a healthy question. So healthy. But then she also asked me, I want to know what day your Sabbath is. And she said, I haven't ever heard you talk about it. I would just like to know what day is your day off. And I don't want to, I don't wow. want to like bother you on your Sabbath. Wow. And I was able to say to her like, well, great news. You're not going to bother me because my phone is off on my Sabbath. Mm -hmm. So like, you're never going to bother me. I just won't know. Mm -hmm. And if there's an emergency, you'll know how to get in touch with me. Ever somebody always knows how to get in touch with me, but yeah, yeah, that is the boundary for me. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about 
boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I want to, within boundaries, I want to like even kind of piggyback off what we're talking about, like managing our own expectations and loving other people's expectations well too, you know, not like living into them. But in your particular season, have you like wrestled at all with boundaries in friendships? Is that a part? I feel like it, it's definitely a huge part of my friendships, but I don't know if that's like an old older lady thing. I feel like for me, boundaries were a bigger thing. Like, honestly, Caroline, I'm curious to hear what you Mm -hmm. say, because I feel like when I was in college and like just out of college was when I felt like I had a lot of like boundary struggles in my relationships. I feel like right now, a lot Mm -hmm. of my relationships are in a pretty healthy place. And I, I, I think that honestly might be partially because like most of my friends are, are married have either part or full-time jobs outside of the home. A lot of them now have other, have like kids. So, you know, it just, we all kind of have our own things going on that we're able to know that like we have really solid other life things happening besides Mm -hmm. just our friendships and relationships where I feel like college is a time where like your friends are your life. So I would love to hear if you have thoughts on that. Yeah, I think I definitely agree with you, Anna, that perhaps boundaries in friendships are a little bit more of an in quotes adult thing yeah um because mm-hmm. especially like at this stage out when you first graduate from college and move to a new city kind of like I have it's like you want to say yes and you want to put yourself out there but you also want to balance that with like okay I'm a human and I have limits and I like need to take a break and this is too much so balancing that and I think learning most of all that setting a boundary, like saying like, actually, like, I like can't go out tonight, I need to like go home and maybe like do my laundry, or I can't go out tonight, I need to like go home and go to bed early, setting a boundary like that, or I can only call you at this time, because I'm busy at other times, especially as life changes after you graduate from college schedule to real life, that's also in quotes schedule, (laughs) setting that boundary is not equal to disappointing someone. And like, you really do like teach people and communicate to people how they are supposed to love you and you want to love them or you are available to love them in that way. Hey gals, Hensley here from Team Go and Tell Gals. As we are talking about friendship, we want to share with you about our Go and Tell Gals Facebook community group. It's different than our usual Facebook page because we have space for connections and conversations to help women on mission move forward. Join us for live coaching, the latest merch deals, and posts from our team and the Go and Tell Gals community. If you are seeking community and interested in connecting with women from all over, join the Go and Tell Gals community on Facebook. Join with the link in the show notes. We can't wait to talk to you more about friendship with you in this group. We talk a little bit about boundaries in our e-course, Rhythms of Worship and Work. I can't suggest it enough. It's always available on our website. But one thing we share in there, just I'll give you a snippet of, is the reminder that boundaries are not offensive. They are defensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people, and that's that language is important because it's real. So when something is offensive, that means you're like moving into someone else's territory. You are hurting them. You're like taking ground against them. When something is defensive, you are protecting what you have. Yeah. And so we often think as boundaries as offensive, like this is hurtful to someone else or this is, but it's not, it's about protecting your soul, protecting Mm -hmm. your time, protecting what God's given you to steward. Now, that being said, it's also really important 
therefore to respect and understand people's boundaries and love them well in them. And so I think a lot of times what we experience in friendship as rejection is actually just somebody else's boundaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like it's not rejection. Yeah. <laughs> like it actually might be a boundary for them. So get curious about that and say, like, instead of writing a whole story about mm-hmm. how they don't love you well or how they haven't taken care of you or how they dismissed you, like get curious about like, is that actually just a boundary of they're yeah. taking care of something in their life? And be willing to ask them, ask them about it. Yeah. Have a conversation about it. Yeah. But I think this is also a, a place where language really matters too. Again, like going back to the texting conversation, if a boundary is not sinful in the name of Jesus, do not apologize for it mm-hmm. because you're inviting in this idea that it is offensive Yeah, and it's not. So don't say like, Oh, I'm so, 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 so sorry. I just actually have to get my work done today. Like do not apologize <laughs> for, getting apologizing your work for making a living for yourself. Like, Oh goodness gracious. <laughs> I'm just so sorry, but I cannot come to your thing because I have like my kids need blah, blah, blah. Like just say like, Oh, bummer. Wish I could make it but I'll be here. Don't apologize for things that aren't sinful. So that being said, one of the best things my therapist has helped me realize is that also sometimes while it's really helpful to communicate boundaries, sometimes it's helpful to just live into them and people like pick up on that. Mm -hmm. Um, So you, the thing is you do actually have to stick to them. I will say at 37 with four kids and a business and a church boundaries are a big part of my friendship and a big part of my friendships. And I would, I feel like both of, you know, it's like something I'm a little sensitive about that. I wish I was a lot more free, but I'm not like, Mm -hmm. I'm just not. And even to the degree of a lot of questions we got, and this is kind of our next area. So we'll open this door, but a lot of questions we got about like, what do I do if my friendships aren't life giving? What if I do if they're not speaking life? Like I would say even emotional and spiritual boundaries for me, like a kind of a hard trap door goes down. And mm-hmm. so if I'm around people who are super gossipy or who are very negative or who I like for specifically like pick on me, I do not like to be picked Mm-mm, on like a, like a trap door goes down and I'm like, okay, boundary set. I'll still love you. I still hope God's best for you, but I'm not going to let you into the most tender parts of my life because that is not helpful for me. Mm -hmm. And I think there are seasons to communicate that if someone is like, Hey, what happened here? You can, I think it is actually, this is another question we got over and over and over again. Like, what do I do if someone's ghosted me? I think it can be really helpful to say like, did something happen here? You know, did something go wrong? And then that's their responsibility to either communicate it with you or not. But all that being said, like even my emotional spiritual boundaries are pretty intentional right now. And I I wish I could just be more easy breezy. We all, we We all say we are not breezy. The only (laughs) only thing breezy about us is our dresses. (laughs) I wish I could be more easy breezy. I wish I could go to brunch and I actually don't wish I could go to brunch and gossip. Like that actually sounds like a nightmare. Um, (laughs) Like go to brunch, like on yeah. a whim. I would have like But sometimes it is hard to not be able to make a ton of new friendships when you realize like, oh, that person is actually like very harsh or you know what I'm saying? Yeah, or yeah. like a lot of times I'll meet someone at church that I'll think like, oh, I think we could really hit it off and then we'll, you know, spend some time together and I'll realize like she's really discouraging about some part of my life. Yeah. And, and it's again, it's not that I'm like reject not having it, <laughs> but it is like, okay, that is probably not the healthiest for me to have close to me all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
that's just honest, yeah. you know, like, yeah. so what do you do if you are in a relationship or I would say even probably more typical for a lot of our, a lot of our listeners, let's say you're in an entire friend group and it is not as life-giving in certain areas as you hope. What do you do? Have y'all ever experienced this? Yeah, that is definitely a big one. So stealing your line, Jess, just always says that we are thermostats, not thermometers. Mm -hmm. So we set the temperature, we don't take the temperature. And that's easier said than done. And for sure. But that's something that I've had to remind myself of as, you know, someone who I aim to be breezy, I aim to be the girl who kind of like walks in and like chameleons into different situations. But when it comes to like, actually speaking life and negativity, I mean, not fun, but at least most helpful advice I have for myself is to model it myself. Mm -hmm. And so to not feed into the negative conversation, even Mm -hmm. when that's the easy thing to do, or honestly, sometimes that's what feels good. Like it can feel good to vent. It can feel good to like, you know, air that out, but that is never going to be the life-giving thing in the long run. And it's only going to continue to fuel that friend or that friendship to act that way. So if you are able to, you know, take a step back And when you enter a conversation, if you're able to be the one who starts setting the temperature, and it doesn't have to be in like a holier than thou situation or or, or like way of like, oh, guys, we shouldn't be talking this way. You know, we, we, we don't shit on people. But I mean, ways that you can just like turn the conversation and turn it into like a joke and then like bring up something that's actually life-giving or something just to start to like get the conversation moving in a more positive direction instead of breeding negativity. Yeah, Anna, that is so good. I would say a way that I have kind of tactically acted in this way is just by asking a question instead of doing the holier than now like and a way to veer a ship in a conversation is like, ask a question like, well, what did you love about your day? Or what are you looking forward to in the next year? It's like asking these positive questions are really easy and like loving way to lead a conversation in a friend group in a better direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found that really helpful one. And the second thing I found super helpful is another one of Jess's lines is like remembering that we are not the hero that I can actually if a friend group is not life-giving, if they are not living the lifestyle that I want to live, I don't have to save them. I don't have to fix them. It's not my job to like give them time in hopes that I would be their hero because I'm not their hero. And therefore like I can set boundaries and still hope God's best for them and still love them in that way. And I hope y'all are hearing like the multi-dimensionalness of this that we can say like, Like, number one, crash the expectation that there's the perfect friend or the perfect friend group. Number Mm -hmm. two, be willing to, like, draw a boundary when it's not life-giving. Number three, also be patient when it's not life-giving. And the answer is, if you're wondering, like, okay, well, how do I know when? Here's the great news. We don't know when it's right for you. But Holy Spirit will give you insight. And you will know. You will know, like, when it's time to speak up or when it's time to be patient. And He will give you insight of, like, is it time to turn to the left or the right? And you will get it wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. this is a true life story. I actually did sit in a group of friends one time and say, like, I wish we didn't talk so much about furniture and nail polish. I wish we talked more about mission. And they all got super mad at me. And also, I really like furniture and nail polish. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't part of that conversation. She wasn't. <laughs> 
Like I, I like there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and there is a piece of me that <laughs> there is it's okay. There is a piece of me that conversation was like in 2016, maybe 2017. And there's a piece of me that's still glad that I said it because at the time, a group of friends that only talked about furniture and nail polish, yeah, and I needed, yeah. I needed something more, yeah. you know. And ultimately, most of those friendships ended, and that was God's best for me, and that yeah. was God's best for them. Mm-hmm. I probably annoyed them the heck out of them, like <laughs> constantly being like, "But what, what is God teaching you? And where do you want to go? And what are well, we? No, do I next? just want another chair. <laughs> <laughs> I think I actually said like, I don't want to talk about West Elm anymore. But like, honestly, it's okay. It's okay if I wasn't their cup of tea. Like it's, it's all right. And, and was it painful in the moment? It was, it for sure was absolutely. But there's just such a nuance here. And like, I think we have to get some humanity back in the way we treat our friends. And partly this is the internet is just so to blame. We've like lost the humanity. I think about this all the time. Okay. I want to say this right now. I think I may have said this to you guys already. Do you know what I think every time I see one of those posts that's like red flag, red flag, red flag? Uh I'm like, you're the red flag. Like, stop talking about what is a red flag in everybody else. Or every time I see somebody post about a toxic person, I'm like, you know who's toxic? People who consistently talk about toxic mm. people. Because like, we're all a little toxic. We're all a little we're toxic. <laughs> and like, we all need Jesus. You and say then, someone else is toxic, like, you for sure have something toxic going on in you. I see that in the <laughs> Loving, but like aware way possible. Yeah, I yeah. also feel this. Way. I I love the Enneagram so much, but I feel this way about the Enneagram. Like it's one of the most unhelpful things about the Enneagram is that it's now so commonplace to call someone like a healthy three or an unhealthy seven. Like. Ew! You don't <laughs> get to, you to say that. You don't get to say that about people. Like we need God, and we're we're people in progress, yes. and we need Jesus, and we need the gospel, and it's the bear that we stand under. And like you getting mad at someone, they're like one little snippet of something they put on Instagram. Is they're just such rich, whole human people, and we need to approach each other with curiosity and grace and patience. And yes, sometimes boundaries, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes. Like even saying like, this is no longer the best thing for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move into that. Like, what do you do? What have you done in the past when it's been actually painful or there's been actual betrayal or actual hurt? What tips do you have from your particular season? I'll pull up some specific questions we got about this as well. There's silence because that's just a hard question because we've all experienced it for sure. And that's not something any of us like enjoy talking about or want to think about or bring up. Okay. I've got a specific question here that I know you've lived into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say pass. What do you do when your best friend moves away? You cheer for them really hard, even though it doesn't feel like the best for you, even though it can feel like you're being left behind. I promise you it's not about you. No bit of it is about Mm. you. Well, that felt personal. (laughs) What do you mean? I feel attacked in the best way because, you know, I feel I have a really hard time when people leave. Yeah, that's like a, yeah, it's a pain point for me. Pattern. Yeah. Yeah. That's (laughs) like the biggest thing that I've experience both because I have I have had a best friend move I've also been a best friend who has moved I've moved across the country 
twice. Yeah. So, you know, I've, as much as like, I can be like, oh, that I'm so sad that person left. I've done the exact same thing to other people. So I can also speak firsthand from that perspective that like me moving was never about any of my friends or family, because if I could, I would just put everyone in a tiny little bubble and live next to them. Yeah. Um, but that's not life. So I would just say as hard as it is, just like, just be their cheerleader because it is not, it's it's not easy to move. It's not easy to be the one who's, you know, selling their house and finding a new place to live and packing up all their stuff and moving yeah. across the country and finding a new job. That is like the world's most stressful situation to be in. So you could make it about you or you could just be there for them and let them know that you're there for them and do nice things for them. Send them, a, send them like a housewarming gift, send them a DoorDash gift card so that when they've packed up their entire kitchen, mm. they can like order a meal, you know, just little things that show them that you're still there and to be intentional. Because also like we do, as we're talking about technology, we do live in the day and age of technology where it is so possible to maintain really great friendships from afar. And so that's probably a fear of theirs too, is that their relationships are going to change when they're the ones who up and move. So do what you can to not add to that and to let them know that you are still going to be intentional. That's good. I like that. We're getting a lot of questions about being ghosted. Mm. And I'm wondering if either of you have ever been ghosted. I have. A couple of times. I probably have, but... Like in your adult life? Again, avoid it. So sometimes if someone ghosts me, I'm like, thanks be to God, let's move on. We're going to talk about that later. (laughs) No, it's real. It's real. I've been ghosted twice in my adult friendship life. And one, I was a little more like, well, that was, it was probably time. Like we probably weren't each other's cup of tea. Can I give you guys this phrase? She's not my cup of tea. I'm not her cup of tea. My sister and I say this phrase a lot. And can I just say like, it's a really helpful phrase because what it says to me is that like someone can be awesome and God can be mighty in them and they can have an incredible life and they can have cool gifts and they can have like they can be healthy, right? Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't mean they're toxic. And they cannot be my cup of tea. Yeah. And I cannot be their cup of tea. I cannot be their personal brand of yeah. like what they're what they're craving in friendship. Yep. So I was ghosted once of someone that I saw like pretty much every day of my life. We we had like very intense friendship rhythms. And I actually went into the hospital with meningitis. It was like back years ago when I had meningitis and I got out of the hospital and I never saw her again. Oh my goodness. We never picked the rhythm up again. And she, at the time she went to my church, she stopped going to my church and I will, I'll see her once a year, once every two years, like in friend situations. And it's never hard. It's like, I mean, it's like, it was interesting at first. I really deduced it down to like, I just don't think we were each other's cup of tea. And I think that that break of me being in the hospital and us like losing the rhythm of we exercise together, I think like it just gave her some freedom to say like, this isn't my thing. Mm -hmm. Then I had another ghosting situation that was like deeply painful and I'm still processing it. And that was in like 2014. So, you know, I don't know. I think sometimes you have to take it to God a lot and Thankfully, the great news is there's usually some, a lot of fruit after a drought, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of growth. What about you, Caroline? Have you been ghosted? I don't know if I've ever been like ghosted. 
But I think on the topic of like letting a friendship go in its time and when you're in the ghosting period of like, do I reach out to them again? Like, do I talk to them again? Do I need to make something up? Do I need to, you know, strive in this area? A good question that I think I've worked on or asked myself before is, am I trying to like get them back in my life because it's like good for them or because I like want it for my own security or my own ego or is it for me or is it for them or like is this is this healthy Um, I think in asking that question and being like okay well if it's not healthy like maybe we just let it go and this Mm -hmm. is God's best for us and we just move on instead of trying to strive and reel it back in just for your own glory you know yeah I love that yeah yeah so finally like yeah just kind of hitting that last thing of letting them go and saying goodbye when when we in our past episode with danielle jackson which i would massively encourage you to listen to that episode follow her online shared this really interesting research that like i think frees a lot of women up just to remind us that it's very normal for women to cycle in and out of new friends every eight years Mm -hmm. is what her research shows. And so I think, again, this kind of goes back to like crashing that idea that we're all going to have this group of besties that we like run with for 30 or 40 years. And that's all that it is. And some people do have that and it's really good. Yeah. And some people don't. And that's really good too. Mm -hmm. I in particular have not had that. Like my longest you know, standing like in-person friend is my friend, Kristen, who's, who I've been friends with six years. And other than that, the women I kind of roll with and see it's been a year. It's been two years. It's been three years. It's not always been this like long-term thing. Yeah. And, and that's felt like healthy and new and fresh. Yeah. Any tips for getting over the pain of, of a failed, or I don't even like to say the word failed, of a like former friendship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say something that I'm sure you've heard like that kind of cheesy phrase that like some friendships are for a lifetime and some are for a season. (laughs) Um, What's the uh, Girl Scouts like? One is silver and the other is gold. Yeah. So, but like, honestly, it's kind of true. Yeah. And I, this is where my mind goes in this question. I think of like my favorite TV shows, how there are some characters that start on the show and you think that they are in it for the long haul. (laughs) You think they're going to be like Meredith Grey. They're going to be in season 18. Yep. And season four comes along and they move across the country and you never see them again. I wasn't going to get that. I wasn't going to go there. I wasn't going to say like a a, a dad. I don't mean die in real life. I mean, you know, I mean, like, I got it. we, we, We can't can't even talk about Grey's Anatomy deaths. No. Can't even do Ugh, it. Shana. But like, do you get what I'm saying? Where like, yeah. there's sometimes where like on TV series, you think that someone's going to be there the whole time, and then they're kind of written out of the whole plot, and you think that the show's never going to go on and never going to be the same. But guess what? A bomb new doctor joins the crew, yeah. and it's still great, and it's still kicking 17 years later, and I think the more life you live, the more seasons you go through the more you see friends go through other seasons, friendships that you thought that like, no doubt, no question, we're getting tattoos. This is for life. Yeah. Unfortunately, like sometimes those cycle out. I don't want to say end because that sounds like sad and final. And I, I never want a friendship to like end end. like, I always want to still like champion that person and be there for them. But like, that is the very unfortunate reality of life. But it's also like beautiful to know that there is always there's always more on the other side. And a lot of times when it ends, it is not even a lot of times every time when it ends, 
it's because like it's there is more and there is better for one or both parties. And so when you're in the thick of that, I know that the pain is like so deep, but there will be different and better and more on the other side of that. And you will get to a point where you can like look back on those memories with like only remember the good things and only remember like the wonderful times that you Mm -hmm. had together but just know that you're going to have that again and better and different. It's going to be great. You have so many more seasons. That's really good. Okay. To end this, why don't we each give just like one parting word to our girl about friendship? I'll go first. Here's what I want to tell you. I want to tell you that you are good at friendship. Yeah. You're good at friendship in Jesus name because you are made in the image of God. And our God is one that knows communion and knows community. He knows communion with his kids and Holy spirit, Jesus, Father, they're good at community. Mm-hmm. Like they're yeah. good at working yeah. together. And so are you. This this is in you. Yeah. This is in you. And so whether you are like building something from nothing, whether you're turning a ship around that may be going the wrong direction, whether you're healing from something hard and, and pressing into the new, this is in you. And we absolutely believe God is mighty in you and in your friendships. Yeah. I would say to always expect the best in people. It's easy to, in a friendship, whether it's a friendship that you've had for years or maybe it's a new friendship, like we were talking about, it's easy to kind of like pinpoint and pick out the good and the bad or to see an unanswered text or a declined invitation and get mad or make it about you or make it personal. But I would just invite you to not do that, to just always expect the best in other people like you would want them to do for you. So good. I would say that friendship takes time. I think a lot of what we see now with like instantaneous internet everything, friendship takes time and real friendship takes time and honest communication and curiosity and grace. And Jesus is really good at that. And he can give us the power to be good at it too. Yeah. So good. I'm so thankful for you guys as friends and co-workers. And listen, you guys are going to love our next podcast series. We're talking about finishing 2021 well and starting 2022 strong. Yes. Tune in for that. We love you. God is mighty in you. Bye, friends. Bye. Friends, thank you so much for joining us today. We are grateful that you were able to listen in. If you love this episode, would you do us a favor and leave a review so other friends can find this episode? We pray it encouraged you and left you feeling equipped to run on mission right where you're at. We're super grateful for you and we will see you next week.